Good morning. I'll be reading from Romans 8, um, chap, uh, Romans 8, verses 35 through 38 of the New Living Translation. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we are in trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sakes, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. So not only is it the last Sunday before snow, it's also the last <laughs> the last Sunday of October and, and also the, the last of the Pastor Appreciation Sundays. So this week, Judy, come on up. Um, Judy is preaching, so I, I figured I'd catch her while she's up here. Um, Judy has been a blessing to our church, and we certainly love and appreciate you and your family being here and, and doing what God has called for you. So. This is from the church. And then we also have a reception uh, in the back after with some of your favorite cookies. Um, so we thank you for that. Thank you, Judy. Well, we love being here. We do. We do love being here and being a part of this church family. And we thank you for your love for each one of us. And I believe Debbie told me that they're chocolate cookies. With yes, my, my brother posted on Facebook yesterday that yesterday was National Chocolate Day. So thank you, Jim. I had pumpkin pie made. I didn't do anything with chocolate, but <laughs> I didn't know it was National Chocolate Day. But God is good. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your love for each other. It shows. It shows when people walk in the door here, they know Two things, they know you love the Lord, they know you love one another, they know you welcome warmly those who come in, and we all say thank you. What a blessing. Let's have prayer here before we look at the word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for this church and this church family. Thank you for the people here. And we just pray that you would continue to pour out your love and your blessing here. And Lord, be with us as we turn to your word this morning. Teach us, we pray. Through your word, through your Holy Spirit, you know what we need. It's been a hard week for many of us, but it's been a hard week for our nation, for the people of Maine for the people of Israel and Gaza, for the whole world. It's, it's been a chaotic mess. And we are so thankful we can just come apart and be in your house and be ministered to by your Holy Spirit. Just be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're actually going to be looking at Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 28 this morning, right through verse 39. There's absolutely no way in this world that I can cover all of this in 
20 to 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. There is so much in here, and I would just encourage you to take some time on your own to go back and read this passage of Scripture. But I want to ask this morning, I was hoping James would be here this morning, and I don't see him here, but do we have any athletes here this morning? Anybody that has ever competed in any kind of athletics? I see a couple of hands. I see a few hands. Football, basketball, baseball, maybe ran cross country. Has anybody ever been on a winning team that won a championship, that won a race? I see, I see one hand. I see some hands. Yes. You didn't just go out and play one day, did you? You trained, you practiced, you trained, you practiced. The whole goal was always to win. Now, I was not much of an athlete. I did shoot hoops with my brother. We had a hoop on the back of the barn, and we did spend hours throwing a baseball back and forth, back and forth, got some exercise. Um, I did play with our youth group, and I didn't, wasn't very athletic. I do remember one day we were playing softball, and they stuck me way out in the outfield. And we always know when they stick somebody out in the outfield is because there's no other useful place for them. And I said, well, I, I can pitch, I can do other things. And they looked at me and they said, but you're the only one who can throw the ball all the way from the outfield all the way to the infield. Well, I didn't feel quite so bad then. But you know what? Not all of us are athletic, are we? Not all of us are on the winning team. And I'm thankful that they've gotten to the point where they realize that winning isn't everything. It's being part of a team. It's about sportsmanship. It's about contributing. May God help us. As I read through Romans 8, and as I taught this several years ago to a group of ladies I was working with, one thing stood out to me. When we know Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, when we have allowed him to work in our hearts and our lives, when God is on our Heavenly Father, we will always be on the winning team. We will always be on the winning side. That's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful. In our scripture reading this morning, Paul paints a beautiful picture for us of the triumph of faith, faith's victory. And may we always be encouraged to press on by faith to take hold of that victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. There's another verse of scripture, 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I am so thankful that as we go through these challenging days, I am so thankful that my faith and my confidence is not in governmental leadership, it's in Jesus Christ. It's in our loving Heavenly Father. Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. There's a lot in here, isn't there? There's a lot in here, and we can't cover it all this morning. But what I want to see is that faith trusts God, not just for the right now, not just for what we're going through right now, but faith trusts God for the ultimate triumph. We glibly quote Romans 8.28. Okay, God's going to take care of this. He's going to work out what's best. But if we look at this whole passage here, we see something beyond the here and now. We see that God is working things out in our hearts and our lives for an ultimate triumph. And what is that ultimate triumph? Eternity with him. Wow. Faith sees and acknowledges God's hand at work in all of the circumstances of life. But faith also realizes that God sees the big picture. He sees the overall picture. Not just what's happening right here and now, not just the things we are hoping will happen right here and now, but he sees the ultimate picture of our one day being glorified in his presence, being with him forever. And when that day comes, what's going to happen? All the things of this earth are going to pale in comparison, aren't they? Wow. Faith sees and acknowledges God's hand at work. Faith sees God working in our lives, even in those times we cannot see. I shared a post on Facebook the other day about how God works in those things that we can't see. And I shared a story that happened many, many years ago. I was still living at home with my parents, but I had been working in Plattsburgh. I was on my way home, and I'm assuming the roads must have been slippery. It must have stormed. But on the way home, God said to me, stop at the Christian Supply Center. Really? And I started questioning. I don't need anything there. I don't want to buy anything. And it came more urgently, stop at the Christian Supply Center. So I changed my route, pulled into the Christian Supply Center, got out, walked around the store, got back in my car and headed home. And as I turned from Rand Hill Road onto Trim Road, I could see a car up at the far end, up near the Porter Road. But as I drove along, I didn't meet any car. It's just like it vanished, just like it disappeared. And then all of a sudden, I came to one of our neighbors, and there's a pile of metal in his yard. And I said, what has he got there now? And I looked, and there's a guy crawling out of the top. That car had zigzagged down the road, flipped over on its side. If I had not listened to the Lord, you know where I would have been, don't you? I would have been right in the path of that out-of-control car. Faith learns to listen 
to God, even when things don't make sense. God is ultimately working for our good, but also for his glory to accomplish his plan and his purpose in our lives. Those God foreknew, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. God's plan from the beginning of time was to help his people, bring his people to the point where they would know him, where they would know his gift of salvation, where they would be with him forever. I can't think of a better place, can you, with our heavenly father in heaven forever. 1 John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God is working in our hearts and in our lives to help us, help prepare us to, for heaven, but help us to become more and more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not automatic, is it? It's a growth process. But he is working in our hearts and in our lives to help us to become more like Jesus. Faith has confidence in the one who is always with us. Verses 31 through 34, Romans 8, 31 through 34. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemned? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Now, isn't it good to know that we have somebody who's on our side? Oh, my goodness. There are times when we face things in this life that we cannot face alone. I remember as a kindergarten student, back then our class, our kindergarten class, we were picked up middle of the day by ourselves, but when we came home, we had to get on the school bus with the big kids. And I'll tell you, I was little, I was shy, I was very quiet. And I don't know how many times that bus driver who would bring us home would drive right by our house. And I am so thankful I had a neighbor boy named Eddie. He was the bigger boy, he was older, he was more mature. Who would say to the bus driver, he'd call him by name, hey, you forgot Judy. And the bus driver would look and back up and, and bring me back home again. It was nice to have somebody who looked out for me when I was too immature, too timid, too shy to look out for myself. We've all had times when we've needed somebody, when we've needed somebody to stand up for us. Back in 2018, my father passed away, and I was left as the executrix to settle the estate. Daunting task, very daunting task. 
Fortunately, I had a good lawyer who, with a click of, a uh, of the mouse, with a phone call, could take me through that whole process. There have been times in your life, haven't there, where you've needed somebody, somebody to help you, somebody to stick up for you, somebody to walk you through some of the things that you were going through in life. Wasn't it good to have somebody with the knowledge, with the ability to do that? But in our walk as Christians, who do we have? We have God the Father, don't we? We have Christ the Son. We have the Holy Spirit. I was reading in a commentary yesterday, a preaching the word commentary by, um, on, on Romans. And the author was talking in there about a couple of theologians, a couple of those from the time of the Reformation. And the one that stood out to me, he was talking about Martin Luther, but he was also talking about, and I can't pronounce it, I know I won't pronounce it right, Melanchthon. And one died before the other, but when Melanchthon came to the point where his life was ready to end, he wanted to be on his favorite bed, but he had the preacher with him. And he said to him, read Romans 8.31. And he read Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He said, read it again. And he read it again. And with that, he passed from this world into eternity. If God is for us, who can be against us? There are times in this life when we feel absolutely overwhelmed. But if God is for us, we don't need to worry, do we? We don't need to fret. He who did not spare his own son, think about that. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If he loved us enough to send his son to die on the cross for us, won't he be with us? Won't he take care of us? Won't he help us every step of the way during this earthly life? And he goes on to say, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is God who declares us righteous, who makes us righteous. Who is he, he that condemns? Jesus, Christ Jesus, who died for us and who was raised for life for us. I'm going to be honest with you. I have worked with some people who have struggled under a tremendous weight of guilt and of condemnation. But if God sent his son to die for us, if Jesus died on that cross for us, if he has lifted that sin, that guilt, that condemnation, we can live in confidence, can't we? We can live in confidence. Isn't it great to know that he is on our side? He intercedes for us. He serves as our mediator. Praise God. Praise God. Faith also knows that nothing, absolutely nothing can separate me can separate us from our Savior. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution 
our famine, our nakedness, our danger, our sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a question. Who? I may change it here a little bit to what? Who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sore? The response is nothing. Nobody, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Through Jesus Christ, we can stand as more than conquerors. In fact, the commentary I was looking at yesterday entitled this section, Super Conquerors. Not just conquerors, super conquerors. What can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord? There are a lot of things that have tried. Probably one of the hardest things I've faced in ministry was the pandemic. We were not able, as pastors, to go in and visit in the hospital. I'll tell you, my phone got a workout. My email, my texting got a workout. Well, I may not be able to go in and in person, but I will keep contact. I had a very dear friend named Jean. Jean was a lovely lady. She loved the Lord, but she was getting older. Her body was giving out. Our family helped her as much as we possibly could. Rudy kept her car going for her. Did a lot of work on the car for which she was very grateful. I would bring in groceries. Her best friend's children brought in groceries. But there came the point that she ended up in the hospital. No one, no one was able to go in to see her, was allowed to go in to see her until she was on her deathbed. And I remember going in that day. She was not aware that I was there. She was not cognizant of anything going on. She was ready to pass from this life to the next. All I could do was say a prayer with her. And I'll tell you the prayer I prayed. I've done this in many situations, and I pass this on, feel free to use this, but I prayed, Heavenly Father, let your spirit minister to Jean's spirit. Let your spirit minister to Jean's spirit. Even though she did not, wasn't aware that I was there, I knew the Heavenly Father was there, and I knew that he could minister to her. You know, there are times in life where we have to go alone. We have no choice. I remember the day I had open heart surgery. Rudy, they allowed Rudy to walk down the hallway with me till we reached a certain point. He had to go back as I went forward. There are times in life, aren't there, where we have to go on alone. But you know what? 
We're not alone, are we? We're never, ever alone. God is right there with us. His Holy Spirit is right there with us. Knowing that he is with us can give us the courage we need to stand victorious no matter what we face. We've been through some rough times, haven't we? With the pandemic, with some of the things that are happening in our world today, we have been, are living in some rough times, but we're not alone. We are not alone. God is with us. God is with us. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? It means we can overcome in victory. We can be abundantly victorious. We can prevail, prevail mightily through him who loved us. We can know and experience victory. Praise the Lord. Here is the great confidence of faith. For I am convinced, persuaded beyond a shadow of a doubt, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation, and all of creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The victory of, or triumph of faith comes when I trust God with every area of my life. When I let go in complete surrender to him, when I allow him to give me victory. And I'm going to be honest with you this morning, the key to victory, it's not about me. It's God's keeping grace. It's the fact that he is there and he ministers to us in every situation. Jude 24 and 25. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority all through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. God not only has the power to save us, guess what? He also has the power to keep us, to keep us safe until we're ready to go home to be with him. That's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful. It's easy to get discouraged as we go through these days. There's a lot in our world that is very discouraging. But who's on our side? God's on our side. He will allow us to walk in victory. But we have to trust, don't we? We have to trust, and we need to make a conscious decision to walk with him and to follow him. I don't know what you're facing today. I have no clue what you're facing. I know in our family we've had a rough couple of weeks, but I can say God has been with us every step of the way. Take courage, friend. Whatever it is you are facing, take courage. If you want prayer, there are people here who will pray with you. If you need a word of encouragement to keep going forward, don't hesitate to reach out and ask. We are here for you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward here. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the hope it gives us. Thank you for the courage it gives us. Lord, 
I do not know what everybody here is going through, what their struggles are, what they're facing. But one thing I do know, your word assures us, whatever we are facing, we don't have to face it alone. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you are there to help us, that you're there to give us courage. Lord, help us today. If there is something that we just need to hand over to you and give it to you, a burden, a struggle, Lord, help us to let go and to let you work. Be with us in these closing moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. That should be our response, shouldn't it be? We should go forth from here singing, rejoicing in the goodness of God. God is good, isn't he? God is good, and I hope and pray that you have found it so in your life. Heavenly Father, help us. Help us to rejoice in your love and in your goodness to us. Help us to continue to grow in your love, to grow in our faith, to grow in our walk with you. Lord, help us to go forth rejoicing in who you are and all that you have done for us. And Lord, as we go into a new week, we don't know what lies ahead, even later today. But help us to go forth, walking with you. And may our lives, may our lives be a radiant witness and testimony to those around us of your love and of your grace and of what you are doing in the lives of your people. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.